Hello, everybody. My name is Khadija Ali Coleman, and I am bringing you yet another wonderful speaker for our inaugural virtual teach-in with the Black Family Home Educators and Scholars Group. Um, and so this person, I will say, I have had the, the privilege of being in some of the same virtual spaces with this person, um, but I'm excited about the opportunity to hear from her, from her, in the moments, <laughs> her experience as a homeschooling parent and um, for her to share her just very um, storied journey as a homeschooling parent. She has such a wealth of information to share with you. And so without further ado, I'm gonna allow her to introduce herself and to tell you um, those parts of her homeschooling journey that she thinks um, should be highlighted and shared with you today. So without further ado, Hello, I'm Ellen Preston. Um, I'm an author. I'm also a coach, career coach, homeschooling uh, mom coach. I uh, own a business called EmpoweredSteps.com. You can go and get my books on homeschooling and working while uh, shaping an amazing learner, as well as building your empowered steps. I also am a fictional, uh, fictional novelist that um, writes young adult science fiction and urban fantasy novels um, for kids that look like us and multicultural um, interaction. And I'm also a mom um, that has homeschooled and worked while homeschooling her three, three of her four kids. And three of my kids graduated from college by the age of 17 with degrees. So there you go. That is wonderful. And, I, and I'm, I'm glad that you put out there that you did this while working because that's some of um, the, I know when people ask me about homeschooling, well, how, how are you able to do that um, as somebody who works? And I think that you are a wonderful example of someone who was able to balance it. What's the name of the book that, that you have that focuses on that? homeschooling and working while shaping amazing learners okay all right so all of your information where the links and how people can get in touch with that um will is attached to your bio um, and that's in that's on our website but before um anything else i i, I know that in our conversation prior to this talk um you said that there is something that folks should know regarding black homeschooling families that we need more of. Can you tell us a little Absolutely. bit about that? Absolutely. So my um, journey with homeschooling was not really something I was interested in. Uh, I have four kids. My youngest of four um, was in second grade when he was going through a lot of the same psychological bullying that a lot of um, teachers do to our children, particularly to black children. Uh, my son was probably only the second um, black child in his class and so we literally felt like we were repeating the second grade because I would hop up on that school during my lunch break have my oldest son at the time that was in college hop up and, and have lunch with his brother because my son was basically experiencing depression at school but when he would get home his learning was accelerated because I had taught him to read I had taught him math all of this at home and he was ex you know, excellent learner at home, a little impatient, but he was picking up things. But in school, because he was so active and he was very verbal, um, 
and he would call out when he felt he was being treated unfairly or he would call out and say you know this i can do work better than this why are you giving me this i don't want to do this um so the teachers hated that and they started to kind of come together and, and bully him to the point where he started to feel as though he couldn't do anything right and he started to fight back um, he had a horrible experience in school where we got a call from the, the principal and the principal said that he was throwing chairs at him. And, and I was like, wait a minute, that is not even my child's nature. And it wasn't until a year after I started homeschooling my son that he told me the reason he was doing that was because the principal locked him in the office and put him in a chair and kept kicking his chair. And he said, mommy, I just got so mad. I picked up that chair and I threw it at him, you know, but a child should not have that type of, um, you know, extent of, of, you know, character on themselves. And um, he was the one that told me, mommy, you should homeschool me. And I said, I work. I'm a, you know, I have a very viable career. And if my income was at risk, you know, at the time I made, you know, more than my husband, that would impact our household in a serious matter. So he said, you can do anything, mommy. And you know what? Out of the mouths of babes, I made it happen because I moved him to a private school and he started to backtrack and started to urinate on himself because he was afraid that if he asked to go to the bathroom, that he would get in trouble and he would get kicked out of that school. And I told my husband, I said, we're going to have to figure out how to do this. And we did. We, we had to get a, a nanny and everything. And then we started to um, look for homeschooling communities that kind of fit what we did. And I, I, I realized that I was usually a party of one. And my husband was um, a realtor at a time. And we co-homeschooled our kids and worked. And we had a nanny come in for, you know, had our older kids keep the kids or a nanny come in or my mom come in and watch the kids for four to six hours while we were both at work and flip-flopping our schedule. And we would go to these homeschooling events and would feel like we were very out of place, you know, you know, <laughs> the, the, the comments and the looks were amazing. And and what I found was when I would find another face that looked like me, they were working too, or they would be doing something extraordinary, like a single mom. I met a single mom that was working and was able to take her her child to school with her. I mean, to work with her. And, you know, but a lot of these other moms were able to have a status of being stay-at-home moms. And when you told them that you work, they kind of made it sound as though you were you know, kind of like your husband didn't have the means to support you. So you, you know, you could not uh, sacrifice to stay home with your children and homeschool them. And it just, I just never seemed to really fit in. Luckily, living in Maryland, I found a community of black homeschoolers in Baltimore. I literally had to travel an hour and 20 minutes to get to this community because my kids wanted to be around other kids that also looked like them. They didn't care if it was mixed. They just wanted to see another person to identify with them. And that's what we need. I think as uh, homeschoolers, particularly homeschoolers of color, now we're, we're, we're seeing more people that look like us starting to homeschool. And 
we need to have a community that accepts us in the fact that, yeah, a lot of women of color work or have a side hustle or, you know, um, have a partner that is more equalized with them because my husband actually administered homeschool and took our kids to a lot of the homeschooling um, activities and he's, he himself felt extremely uncomfortable um, because he was seen as, oh, wow, you're, you're a dad. You know, it was like the questions were just uh, astonishing. So, um, and I've found that even now with releasing of my book, um, I, putting the cover on there was very gutsy in my opinion, because at first um, my cover artist came back and she had a, you know, Caucasian woman on the, you know, the main picture. And I said, I really, in my spirit, I don't feel good not, not putting somebody of color, putting all women of color there because we're all, you know, we're all the same, but it's not very often I get to pick up a book that has me, has one woman of color that's doing something very different and extraordinary for her family. That is so, so I put that on there. It's so wonderful that you even mentioned that because that is what stands out to me about your cover. And that's what makes me so excited about your book is that the, uh, uh, what you are saying, the, the, the fact that there are brown skinned women on the cover of your book, like that means a lot. And the fact that you were cognizant of that, um, that that's important. So I just had to interject to say oh, that. Oh, thank you. And believe it or not, people in the, the, the thing that gets me with the publishing, because I do publishing also as one of my businesses, is they think that if you don't put a, if you put a black face on something that it doesn't sell, but I'm telling you, women didn't care who was on my cover. They still picked up the book because they wanted what was inside. And I think it's the same with my fiction books. My fiction books, I went to, um, I, I, because my kids were homeschooled, they went with me to my publishing events and they would dress up as my characters and, you know, kind of like pass out the books. And I would literally sell out of all my boxes of books, no matter what event I went to. And it would be, be white librarians and Caucasian um, bookstore owners saying that we need more books with, with diversity, but the large publishing companies still hold, you know, hold true to um, that's not going to sell. So, um, so that's why we need to have an environment when we're, when we are festering our own children to see, um, to have, uh, positive voices all the time in their environment and people that they see uh, that are adults giving, you know, other kids that look like them positive voices, positive things that they're saying and the microaggressions stay at a minimum because children and people are just based upon the environment that they're in. And you find that most people that are, um, that are not multicultural, that are Caucasian, that are coming into environments that are, they have questions and they, you know, and it's, we need to be able to have open lines of communication. And in order to do that, you know, we as black homeschoolers need to start to create environments that are, 
diverse. You know, just don't depend on somebody else to set up the co-op. You set up your own co-op. Don't depend on someone else to have a team play group. You know, set up your own. And it doesn't have to be just homeschooling kids. We need to think about homeschooling as a choice of education. It's not bad to, you know, have a child that is homeschooled or have a child that goes to public school or private school or what have you. It's about having choice. And that's what we are, as, you know, the benefit of being American is we have choice. So expose your children to everything and your kids that do other things. Because my son, um, that's 16, and he's a homeschooler. And he would have graduated from college with his BS degree this year. Um, so there are no barriers to entries. There's just different ways in. Um, he has a ton of friends that go to local high schools and the parents think that he goes to those high schools too. But it's been because I've exposed him to groups and activities and tell him to tell kids. I mean, we have a name to our school. It's a private school. You tell them you go to a private school because it is private. It's a school of one, you know? <laughs> so he's been able to make friends that go to these other schools and yet they can appreciate the fact that he's homeschooling and he's doing so much more and they see the freedom he has in building his own vision that, you know, they get jealous and say, how can I do that? And he's even recruited three or four other kids to convincing their, their parents to homeschool them. And it's been amazing for those children. So we need to think with an open mind and not be restricted to what we think, oh, well, I have to have a homeschooling. No, you just need to have a community of children that want to do the same thing. But we have to start starting those ourselves and owning those. You can't complain unless you're going to come up with a solution. I think that's a perfect ending and a perfect last word um, to the many points that you brought, you brought up. And just to reflect on one of the things that you said, um, even when talking about the need to be empowered to create these spaces yourselves, not wait for them to be created. You also spoke of diversity and, and not necessarily being simply about a racial or ethnic diversity, but a, a diversity of experiences that the children themselves have, looking at schooling as diversity, school choice as diversity, because no one ever really questions whether or not public or private school children are, are convening with each other, but only when homeschooling sometimes comes in the, into the equation, it's either not a consideration or it becomes weird. And for you to um, present that or to have your child have that understanding that you homeschooling is private school, it's the school of one. I think that that's so brilliant, so genius, because it really has a step outside of the paradigm of this whole idea of socialization, which is always foisted upon us as homeschooling parents that our children don't socialize or don't have opportunities to socialize. But as you exemplify, it's really on us to create those spaces or to make have our children make those connections because homeschooling doesn't mean it has to be this cloistered existence where you're, <laughs> you're in your you don't You don't want it to be because you want, yes, we don't like our children going through these negative experiences, but they need to. They need to go through these and see them play out, but then they need to have, you know, homeschooling allows them a place to come in refuge and lick their wounds and get stronger and then go out there with a different perspective. Whereas if they're dealing with this every day, they don't get 
that kind of breather from that situation. And I think they need to have it because you can talk through it in a way because you, as a parent homeschooler, you see more, mm-hmm. you know, they're not being sent to a building where you don't know what goes on in it. And you just get your kid out and you have to deal with what's left. Yeah. This is, you have a more active, like if I put my kid with this group or I send them to this summer camp, how, how are they going to respond in this summer camp? How are they treated in this summer camp? And you find that homeschooling, homeschool children have a very good ability to have that retrospect because they know that they're not there permanently. Right. Yeah, mom, that summer camp was horrible. You know, you sent me there for two weeks. The the teacher was this way or whatever. But they know that they, one, have a voice and say, I don't want to do that anymore. That they, two, can come back and think about it. And that, three, because they can do that, they even have a voice now stronger in those environments. Because uh, one thing my oldest son, who's not homeschooled, said about homeschool kids, particularly his younger siblings and others he had met. At first he said, oh, you guys are weird. Why are you doing this? But he said, I realized that my younger siblings are less inclined to feel the need to go with the group, that they're extremely comfortable in their skin and don't really feel as pressured to go into peer pressure. And that's saying a lot coming from my oldest son that was a jock in school. He was Mr. Popularity and he always tried to, you know, fit in. Mm -hmm. And to see that his siblings have a different perspective and a very strong character um, and self-worth that they don't need to do that is amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. Is the the 16-year-old that you talked about, is that the son who you you told us the story about with the chair? Yes. Okay. Wow. So he is, he's already in college now. So he was the first child that you homeschooled. No, actually... His sister um, was, she graduated early and she even spoke at her college. She graduated in bioinformatics and she was in 10th grade um, when I pulled her out and she just decided that she wanted to, to, you know, be free to just go to school and do whatever she wanted. And for her, I think she kind of did it because she saw that her brother wanted it and she knew that I was very hesitant so she kind of like took the first step and I was able to um, learn through homeschooling her. And I basically just homeschooled her maybe for three months and then I put her in um, community college courses. And for her, it was funny because where we lived at, she was very good at lacrosse. I would send her to these lacrosse camps and she was extremely um, good at being a goalie. And when she got to her school and tried out, she would never, she would, she would always get cut from the team because she went to a predominantly Caucasian school where, where she was and they had people that they, you know, it was real cliquish as most sports are. And God has this funny sense of humor because when I put her in the, the community college, I told her to try out for the lacrosse team. She tried out for the lacrosse team, ended up becoming one of their, um, first string players for um for a goalie and she was only 15 years old and her high school 
came to the community college for a workshop and she was the goalie, but the coach had, had, um, had constantly cut her from the team. You see how wonderful that is? I mean, you can't make this up. This, is, this was a, a blessing. Like, how do you get to do that? You know, I ditched high school. I went to community college. I'm now a goalie getting a scholarship to play on this community college team. And my high school coach, who kept cutting me, had to see me on the fields showing her players how to play. Won't God do it? <laughs> You can't make this stuff up. That's even beyond karma. That's just, that's so beautiful. That's so wonderful. That's so wonderful. So so you have so many success stories. And I think you've given our participants um, of this teaching a lot of fodder to really begin to think about um, many of the points that you made in terms of the, the way that we just perceive the power that we have as parents to really begin to create these experiences for our children where we create, you know, if we don't see it, you know, what do they say? Build it, they will come, you know? And so build it and they will come. I never anticipated writing a book on homeschooling and working. I never anticipated that was my journey, but because (laughs) of my amazingly strong-willed child who told me I would homeschool, I wrote a book. And I'm not just a book, but I also wrote, I have courses also for how to do college the radical way. So I would never done that if it wasn't because I wanted to build something for him. That's wonderful. Thank you so much for that. And for those of you watching, um, I encourage you to um, consider being part of the conversation around this question of uh, the, the needs of our community as black homeschoolers um, and also to make sure that you follow up and check out the books all of the books by Ellen Preston I don't think she mentioned two she mentioned one but she has written dozens of books um, fiction as well as those that are pertinent to those of us who homeschool thank you so much for joining us for more information about black Family Home Educators and Scholars, you can reach out to us at blackfamilyhomeschool.org. Thanks. Have a great day. Thank you.